Hey friends, welcome back to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Batten. I'm so happy you're here again today. I have some fantastic shop owners on today. I cannot wait for you to meet and hear their story of how two friends have come together to run a business, become business partners together, and they're building a thriving retail business that truthfully their their community just loves and that they are finding joy in as well. Um, I'm asked a lot about partnerships and friends working together, and I think that they are going to bring an amazing perspective on this for you. They're also going to be sharing tons of information. Uh, It's so full of golden nuggets. Our conversation included, you know, different revenue stream ideas and marketing ideas that they've been leaning into and trying and just so many great things that they are here to share with you. So Susan and Devin, Susan Mockler and Devin Critella are the co-owners of Extending Grace and they are in Hubbard's, Ohio. I'm gonna encourage you to go follow, give them a follow. They have been friends since the 90s. They opened their store in 2016 together. Both of them have a love for vintage and creative and their store definitely reflects that. They are an excellent example of being authentic, creative and really being community and customer focused which I know a lot of you listening are and that's really important our conversation is again full of great and nuggets that I think you're going to love before we jump in I want to remind you that spring is an incredibly great time to join us inside the retailer's inner circle. It's a great time to start getting your feet wet and learn some new skills and meet women like Susan and Devin and a few men. We have a few men in there as well too. And learn how to lean into their energy and ideas and experience. It's a really great community place and educational place for retailers. Susan and Devin have been members uh, four years now. I think they have been, yeah, a little over four years. And I have thoroughly, like truly, honestly, I love watching them grow, trying new things. I've been watching them sharpen their business skills along the way, because like many of you may be listening or like you're listening, you probably didn't come with a retail degree, right? So learning as we go and grow is what we say. And it's been such a pleasure to watch them do that and building their community and experimenting, as I said, with new revenue streams, marketing ideas, and, you know, coming together into our community, you get a resource library, the masterclasses and monthly live roundtable discussions right away. As soon as you come in, you're welcome to join our first roundtable which we do monthly. I host those. I'm hands-on guys. I'm in there. I get asked that quite a bit. It's like, are you around in the group? And I'm like, "Mm, I'm I'm probably annoyingly around. (laughs) I'm a high touch coach if you haven't figured that out. So when you join us, you get access again, directly to the masterclasses, the resources immediately. So you have the library and we like to say it's more about spoon feeding yourself not fire hydrant, not like a fire hydrant. We don't throw things at you. You go at your own pace and you take what you need. We're not all at the same level. You also get access to my signature on-demand course, which is called Retail Made Simple. And inside Retail Made Simple, it has all of the foundational things that we might need to be a better boss, be a better leader, to be the actual CEO, that whole mindset and what that means and what that could, what that should should or could look like for us. We talk about financial leadership. We have an entire section on marketing and 
marketing and sales and time management and systems, all things that are really not that sexy, but really important, right? So all of that's inside the signature course. Plus you have access to all our master classes and other classes and resources that we have had over the last four years inside our group. So all of that's there. Plus I'm personally in the group every weekday answering questions as I get tagged in them as they show up every day a couple times a day I check it out and I love being in there love seeing your successes and I'd love to hang out with you so if you're not a member of the inner circle already join us if you feel ready and it's wendybatten.com forward slash join or reach out to me on Instagram chat and I'll let you know if it's a good fit for you as well. So I'm also taking new one-on-one clients. It's just a different energy when you're inside the community. So just so just to let you know. Okay, my friends, uh, let's get on with the show. I cannot wait for you to meet Susan and Devin and wait until you hear where they are what I interrupted when I asked them to be on the podcast and what they're up to while we're recording. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty great and uh, a great takeaway for all of us. So without further ado, let's, let's jump in and meet Susan and Devin. Thanks for being here guys. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. Thank you, ladies, for being here. I am so excited to introduce you to our listeners today on the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I have such a treat. I think it's really important that we hear real retailers stories and what's going on behind the scenes. So welcome ladies from Extending Grace. How are you doing today? Thank you. We're doing well. Very well. (laughs) We're at our annual retreat. So we're having a great time. (laughs) I love that. So can you take a second and maybe, you know, one of you can share your story. I'm going to get both of you actually maybe to share your stories. How, how did your business get started? Let's, let's, let's start from the very beginning. Let's, uh, let's go back a bit. Well, Susan and I have been friends for a really long time, like since 1995, we really started hanging out together. We knew each other for about 10 years before that, but didn't really travel in the same circle. We started a Bible study at one point on Wednesday nights with a few other people. And when the study was done, we still wanted to keep getting together. So we started working on little art projects. And one by one, the other people kind of fell off and Susan and I kept doing it. (laughs) And then we had some opportunities to do like some shows, some art shows and take some of our product. It was okay. We never did great. We always had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and then sure. you went into Darby's after that. Yeah. I, I did an antique mall for a couple of years. It was nice because I learned a lot about what to do. And that's where I first learned social media, like how to get involved with that. Mm-hmm. And so then Devin joined me about a year or two later and then someone said to us once this shop is opening do you ladies want it and we kind of jumped in (laughs) 
So fully prepared and fully uh, with all your retail history and everything going in. Sure. Right yeah. <laughs> Just like everybody yeah. else. So tell us a little bit about Extending Grace. Tell us what you do and where you're located. Okay. Extending Grace is located in Hubbard, Ohio. We are right on the Ohio-Pennsylvania line, pretty much. So we serve uh, folks in Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. We are an antique home decor shop, or I should say a home decor shop with a focus on antiques, uh, local artists, and and a lot of DIY. Fabulous. So Okay, so before you open, so we we've doing crafts, we go to markets. Your story is very familiar to a lot of people. I mean, it's our hobby turned our passion and our hobby kind of turned into retail without going to retail school, as we say. Exactly. So, so, you know, which is, again, very familiar story to a lot of our listeners. A lot of people are passionate about what they do. And I know that you know a lot of our listeners. And and I should mention, both of you have been inside the Retailers Inner Circle. So uh, for, I think you've been in four years now, three, four, four years, probably. Somewhere in there, yes. Feels like the COVID years kind of like all blurred together. So prior, so let's back up a little bit more. Prior to that, did you have there was no retail experience? I think correct. From, correct. I, I worked. Limited. I worked in mental health, uh, the mental health field for thirty years. I was. I did a lot of operational things in, for a community mental health agency for thirty years. And Devin was an insurance agent. Yeah. So technically, <laughs> I was in sales, maybe not from the retail aspect. And then both of us have had little jobs, you know, like retail clothing store jobs and things like that way, way back. Way, way back. Yeah. Way back. So how, how long have you been friends? It's the late 90s, I yeah, think. Yeah, the late 90s. Yeah. So one of the questions I get asked a lot, and you two always come to mind, is how do two friends go from, you know, making crafts and Bible studies and, and you know, a little bit to running a full-fledged business together because your business is phenomenal. I've watched what you do and we'll talk a little bit more about that, but you are partners in the business. How does, how does that, what does that look like for you, for the two of you? I think part of what really works well for us uh, and makes us look good on the surface is that our, <laughs> our gifts complement each other. Like Susan is so fantastic at the social media stuff. I can barely stand to get on Facebook. <laughs> But I can, you know, write the checks and pay the bills and do a lot of stuff in the background that she doesn't really care about doing. So that's right. <laughs> our skill sets work very, very well together. That's right. We we do complement one another. And, um, you know, I think one of the things Devin and I have learned over the years is that we don't hold things too tightly. So we try things and we're open to it, but we're open to saying this isn't working. <laughs> so I think that's how we've been from the start. So I think that's helpful. And I don't think either one of us get, I don't want to say job, but it's like, I don't look at something that Susan's doing and go, oh, I could do that better. You know, it's not, there's not this competition between us. I guess would be a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you you both have an end goal of, of, um, of trust. You know, we both are both giving our best. We're not. Yeah. So what is the format? Are you partners, 50, 50 partners in the business? I'm going to get nitty gritty. I don't know. So, so that is a question we get. So how, who makes, who's the CEO? Who makes the decisions? How are decisions made in your partnership agreement? They're definitely made together. Yeah, they are. Um, You know, every once in a while, one of us just on the fly has to do, make a decision, make a hard decision and we do it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I think that trust factor is very helpful, but we always go back around to it. And like I said, if we need to change, we do that. Like mm -hmm. we started Comment Sold mm -hmm. thanks to actually you, Amy, and Amy mm -hmm. listening to it on the podcast. But we thought, well, let's try it. I mean, what could, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So we're both very flexible, willing to learn new things, willing to change if it's necessary. And I, we were just talking about this a little while ago. I think the fact that neither one of us really have a strong retail sales background, um, we're not, you know, we don't look at this and say, well, we've always done it this way, or this is the proper way to do it when you have a retail sales business. You know, we don't have that track no, record. We, we don't know. <laughs> we wing it really well. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> because okay. You know I'm an anti-winger. But it is, I do agree with that, though. I think you're not the only ones, and you know that from our, our groups and, and our conversations, is a lot of us are winging it, but you're winging it with purpose, and you have a direction yes. and a goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, to that point, what are you doing right now? You want to share with our audience, where where are you and what are you doing right now? I love this so much, and I think people need to pay attention to this. Oh, where are we? Personally, right this well, week. Well, what what are what okay. are you two up to this week? Oh, okay, <laughs> so one of the things that we learned early on from you is that um, in terms of plan, so we try to have an annual plan each year. Uh, usually in February, we do an annual planning meeting, and because of circumstances this year, we had to push it a little further. But we plan out our entire year, so we look so. We don't fly by the seat of our pants. No, we I was, I, I was going to correct you on that because I see what you do, but we were going to get there. Yes. Okay. Right. You so we, you're willing to try things. So that's, right. that's, yeah. that's better. That's a better way of looking at it. Yes. Go ahead. So we're able to line people up uh, for, for events and workshops because we do a lot of workshops, but then we have some of our vendors that come in and do workshops. So we like to get all of that planned and we're flexible enough that if something happens, it's not a big deal, mm -hmm. but we feel really, we feel better prepared if we do this annual retreat and people say, oh, you just want to get away. Well, that's true. <laughs> no, it is but true. We, that's we do it with a, we do it with a purpose. Right. Part, yeah. of, part of why we do it too is because both of us have a lot of distractions at home or even if we're at the shop. We can be at the shop and the lights are off and people are knocking on the door, mm -hmm. you know, and we feel obligated to let them in. So this is a way for us to get away from all of our distractions and just focus on the business and and plot for it. And I've learned from Susan to write things down in pencil because there's a lot of times when things change and, <laughs> and that's part that. of being flexible is write it in pencil. I love that, write it in pencil because, you know, business is flexible. Our life is busy and Right, right. This retail world <laughs> changes a lot. I mean, life changes a lot. Yeah, Fam yeah. family obligations. So you're, so you, you leave. You physically leave. You go to a retreat to a right. Cabin We're in a condo up at up at the lake right now. <laughs> I love that so much, and I think there's a lot to be said for being intentional, uh, distraction free, and intentional about your planning. So. I want everybody to listen to that. <laughs> if you're not, if you've drifted off, come back and pay attention to that because I think that is a big key factor. And I love, Devin, I love that you said that, write it in pencil. Susan's a smart cookie in that way because write it in pencil and that way we can make shifts and changes, but at least we have a direction, like yeah. you said. And I, so let's, uh, so I have another question. When it comes to this planning process that you're working through, we've all done it. We have teams. A lot of us have teams or partners or whatever we're doing. 
But when it's like partnership, and I and again, I admire the two of you so much. And that's, again, why I wanted you to come on and chat with everybody here. The decisions, so you've explained, you know, we kind of trust the system. We trust each other to have ideas. So I'm assuming it's a big brainstorming session, rinsing or repeating things that have worked in the past, throwing in new ideas and seeing I throw I call it throwing it on the whiteboard see what sticks right um yes when when it comes to execution you both have different skill sets you've explained right I love that as well too so what where are the bumps the wiggles are there wonky parts about being part in a partnership have have there been hard bits about being CEOs together yes and no I mean sometimes like like Devin said I am on social media more than she is I I do our marketing and things yeah. like that. So I'm consuming a lot of ideas. So I'm like, oh, we got to do this, do this. And she's like, Whoa. <laughs> back up the bus. Um, but but then again, you know, I, I give her a lot of credit because she's like, well, okay, we'll try it. And, and I get to be the meanie-mo too when it comes to like, <laughs> like we can do this and it's going to cost us so much money. And I go, oh, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. She, she is the budget keeper, which I'm very grateful for because that makes me crazy. Um, not that I, I don't, I think a budget is, is very important, but she does keep me in, she keeps me in place. (laughs) Well, you know, and I, and I share this often, I believe there's two parts of our, like two big hats that we all have to wear. And I love that you seem to be wearing both of them there. You seem to be managing both of them front of house and back of house and, you know, still shared, but there's always the CEO sitting sort of in the back, not that you're not a CEO, Susan, but then there's always, you know, really creative visionary, usually the front. And most of us are the same person, like it's the same. So it's really hard to be really good at both. So I love how you balance that. And I also love how, how, you know, it doesn't appear to be like big bumps in the roads for, for you two, which I see a lot with partnerships. Do you have any advice for people listening who want to go into business with their bestie or really good friend? Because people get really excited about that. And then, you know, kind of the reality sets in on who does what and how we're going to divide things and paychecks and equal work and all of the things, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer in assuming positive intent, which I know that you do, meaning I assume that Susan's going to have positive intent. I assume that Devin is, you know, when we're coming together, that trust thing, but that doesn't always happen in partnerships. Do you have any advice for people who might be thinking of doing this about getting it on paper or whatever? Like, what is, what is your advice? Well, I I think getting your partnership on paper is very important. Um, And I'm, you know, but that's always in the book. Mm-hmm. That's there, but that's not something that we that right. we think about. But I would suggest if people want to go into business together, make sure that you've tried to work together in the past. Mm. When Devin and I were part of one fellowship, we had there was a cafe at the church that my husband and Devin and I pretty much took care of with some other folks. And we we know we're back of the house kind of people. We we like to right. serve. So we had worked with each other and then the whole um whole craft show kind of thing, but you have to, you have to be able to see what your skill sets are together mm-hmm. and if it's going to work. And if you are like, man, I, I'm not comfortable with that. And I like the way she did that. And those little nagging kind of things, I think you need to listen to. Right. That's yeah. important. And in a lot of, in a lot of ways, it's like a marriage, you know, and I look at my marriage yeah. as my job is to support my husband and to make him be his best person. Mm-hmm. And his, that's, his duty too is to do that with me. And so I think that we're like that too, is, you know, my 
job as a partner is to enable Susan to do her best and her job is to enable me. That's why I like that word partner. You know, a lot of people, like my husband doesn't like that word. My son refers to his girlfriend as his partner. I said, no, to me, that that gives the sense that they are both moving in the same direction and they're supporting each other. It's not, you know, a man and a wife. You think of more of a distinction, but a partnership. You think that you are together. Like right. we are together. We're yes. teams. Yes. together. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I, I love that so much. I really do. I think that is a really great analogy. It's like a marriage, right? And we have to all be moving in the same direction. Right. With and again, right. With the common goal. And, and, and again, this is why we're planning, right? We kind of have a common goal. And, and I think that also goes to when I, when I look at how you're operating the two of you, what I see you guys do, you both have a relationship outside of work as well, too. You seem to have maintained, you seem to have maintained that from what I know. I mean, you're, you're family friends as well. You know, you're, Almost right. we can't help it, right? At this stage. So I love the I love the advice to make sure you've worked together and have it on have it in paper. I, I'm a have it in writing person. <laughs> like have it in writing for a, a few reasons as well, too. Legal reasons. Um, if something happens to somebody, there's you know, mm-hmm. it, life happens to people sometimes. So we have to make sure that there's going to be some um, direction, I guess, at, at that stage, yeah. you know, or what's going to happen. So I thank you for sharing that. I think that that's going to be very helpful to so many people listening. I, I get asked so much about partnerships and is it a good idea? And that is such great advice. I've been part of partnerships. I've had businesses and partnerships that have not gone well. And, you know, again, I'm sometimes we go in naive. I probably went in naive with mine as far as always assuming positive intent, but that's my nature. So I love that you both have that and have worked together in the past. So great, great, uh, great advice. When it comes to the different shifts that you've made, how do we keep, how do we keep Susan calm down? No. How do we keep that? No, I'm just kidding. How do we keep those ideas? You have had um, some wonderful ideas over the last, I've seen you change up some things. Things are changing in the retail world all the time, as we know. It's just, it's just the nature of the business anyways. Can you share some of the shifts that you've made. I, I love, I've been watching some great marketing shifts, the comments sold you mentioned. Can you speak a little bit to that? And I, I love watching you two work and I'm going to encourage anybody to go follow you and see how you're working together at Extending Grace. And we'll have all your links here as well too. Can you speak a little bit to how that's working and what's working right now for you in your shifts and these new revenue streams and ideas that you have right now? What's working now? Well, what's working now is that folks are, in our area are more prone to sign up for workshops. We've done workshops forever, but people are really interested in them now. They, they, I think they want to be part of something. They, they don't want to just come in and purchase something. They, they like the idea of learning and they like the idea of um, being able to say they made it. And then we get to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the fact that we the thing we never expected when we started this was that we would become such good friends with our customers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we would build this community community is really important to us mm-hmm. but it is just we're just we just feel like we're just blessed beyond measure because we have made good friends and these friends continue to support us they support us in workshops they come to our events um, and they've developed relationships with each other yeah. outside of the store. You know, like, hey, here's my phone number. Call me. Let's go to lunch next week. Yeah. It's just, 
Yeah. So that's, that's that's really big with us. We're, we're finding in the last few months, folks are not spending like they were a year or so ago. So we've had to, we've had to work on that too. So that's uh, our comments sold. Uh, We always do comments sold live and we, we do, you know, antiques and vintage and home decor sales weren't that great. So we've started to introduce live demos within comments sold. And we've noticed an uptick in our sales Mm -hmm. and our, our customers are saying, Oh, we love this. (laughs) Do it again. So yeah. And people can buy, we we often talk about this in the inner circle, in the retailers inner circle, people can buy from anybody, but they're choosing to buy from you because they've become, they belong to, they're belonging to a community. So right. even as you're growing again, through the comments sold for anybody who's not familiar with that is a live selling. Uh, it's, it's like a Facebook platform. live sale. It's a live platform. So you're selling to a larger audience. And I also want to pull out community building is so important, experiential community building. That is a joy bucket for a lot of us, right? Like that is the jo- part of the joy. It's not, we're not selling widgets. Everybody hears me say that a lot. We're not just, let's just sell more things. It's not about that. We are selling things, but we yes. can do it with joy and fun. We're making profit. Some of those shifts, let's, can we back up a little bit and can you share some of those shifts when you say we've had to shift? Uh, people aren't buying the way they were. So doing the demos on comment sold, love that because it just gets them involved with it. Now they want the products, right? So what other, is there anything else you could share that shift little shifts? Are you, are you shifting down in product pricing? I don't mean putting your pricing down, but shifting to smaller items. What? I don't want to put words well, in your mouth, but we <laughs> want smaller items. We, I don't think when we started that we really anticipated that we would carry a like we do now, right, new right. home decor. That's yeah, really yeah. expanded quite a bit. And that's great because I feel like now we're we're fairly well-rounded. Like yeah. whoever comes in the store, there's probably going to be something there that they want to purchase. Even if, you know, it's a 16-year-old girl that doesn't like antiques, you know, we've got other things that are going to be appealing to her. Right. So that's a, that's a shift we've made kind of over the past seven years. Um, yeah, it still has to go with our vibe. Yes, and, and with our with our vendors and our local artists, it still has to do that. So we we think we're pretty picky, but <laughs> <laughs> but people do have been bought buying smaller items, um, you know. But then some come in and all they want is furniture. So mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have to still have both. Right. Right. So when when we're looking at average order value, just out of curiosity, just to get nosy here now, when we're looking at average order value, what I'm seeing from a lot of other retailers is their average order value is remaining the same, but the quantity is not the same, or it could be the opposite. We have more people coming in with a little bit lower average order value because we're shifting to maybe workshops or whatever we're shifting to. So hopefully you're overall working out. That's probably true. The latter, the latter is yeah. we're, we're the, the workshops have really been helping to supplement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And workshops That's build community, right? As, as we said, yeah, exactly. to me, workshops build loyalty and community and they're so proud and happy to be there. And let's talk about your workshops as well and your revenue stream. Some of the shifts, again, things that you've added. I love the different types of workshops you do. Can you just share a little bit? It's not just creative ones. You have cooking and you have- Oh, yes, we do. You have like so- all kinds of really- unique things for your community you probably right share a little one bit. one of our vendors bridget from maple leaf acres and she's a baker and um mm-hmm. trained chef. trained chef 
and she does her jams and jellies that sell within the store. Mm-hmm. But she also does pasta making workshops. She for us, she does a flatbread workshop. We take people outside and we grill the flatbreads. I mean, it's just fun. People enjoy it, and we have visiting folks come in. Uh, visiting artists come in sometimes and do workshops for us as well. And one of the things we found is that we get we don't charge at this point in time. We don't charge these folks to do workshops because we feel they are bringing their audience to us, and we are providing our audience for them. And so that relationship has worked with our pop ups, with our visiting instructors. I, I think it's worked well because uh, we have people coming in here saying, "I've never been in here." I've you know, I didn't even know this place existed, but it's because Bridget, who's in another area at a local farmer's market, <laughs> was right. promoting right. the workshop and these people are now in our shop. So, so her following becomes our following. So it's, yeah, I'm helpful. a big believer in collaborate. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm a big believer in collaborating. And sometimes, you know, we have to charge. It depends on, sometimes, our, on yeah. the outcome, on the outcome. Right. But I love that. Uh, and that actually was one of my questions. You know, do you you know how are that how is that working so revenue wise you're bringing in people introducing a whole new clientele i mean that's an attract strategy extraordinaire in my opinion and i love how you promote it again your social media is really great and why your social media is great and let me just pull that apart again too why i say that is because it's inclusive and humanized and and Meaning it just feels good. It makes me feel like I want to just, well, how many times have I said, I want to come? <laughs> There's something yeah. happening <laughs> at Extended Grace. I just want to be there because it's so fun. And you you bring that out into your community. I love that so much. It's not just like, here's an event. <laughs> here's an event poster. You know, it, it just feels good. You do such a great job. Do you ever have, I'm, I, I'm curious, do you ever have regrets of wishing you had started earlier or any doubts about even why you got into this. I'm just, where are your thoughts around that? Well, it's, for me, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. You know, I can remember nursing our first child that was over 40 years ago (laughs) and writing down little things, you know, while (laughs) while I'm feeding her about what I'd like to do. And I, but then I worked 30 years in a, you know, a mental health agency. But I think, you know, I believe that God has placed us and given us our journeys. Mm-hmm. And, and if we partner with him, you know, it, it works. And so I believe the timing was correct. Yes. I wish I could have done it in my 20s or 30s, but it just wasn't the time. So I um, may have starved to death and started her <laughs> family. <at that> point, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think from a, from a maturity standpoint and a financial standpoint, at the point we did it, it was probably the best time for us. Right. Wisdom yeah. with wisdom. What do they say? What are they yes. saying there? So, yes. What's been the hardest part or the scariest? Maybe the scariest is like to jump in, like to jump into working together as partners. Was there ever a really scary moment or you, you just trusted from the very beginning? I trusted from the very, very beginning that me too. the only thing that really scared me was that there would be a possibility that our friendship would suffer. And it has mm-hmm. not at all. It's least I can tell it doesn't. <laughs> Going back to the hard part, though, it really wasn't anything to do with the business per se. It's just the balance, trying to balance. Like my husband retired a couple of years ago and Ooh, yeah. he's demanding on my time. And I have a new granddaughter that's kind of local. And, you know, it's just you're often being tugged in a lot of different directions and trying to juggle all the plates at the same time. Um, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I think 
we should probably all have another podcast on that simply because <laughs> no, I think it like I think it's really true for so many people. We call it the you know the messy middle. It's kind of like you're doing your thing now and thriving at it and doing really well mm -hmm. and enjoying it. But then there's these other competing priorities, right? That right. that are they're right. equally important and you want to thrive as well. Yeah. I believe I see this, I see this a lot. I want to cry now because I feel like it happens to a lot of us. Like we just, you know, you're so good, the two of you together and what you're doing, and you have this community and you're building this beautiful thing because it's your time now. It wasn't the time when you That's were right. nursing babies right. and yeah. raising families. <laughs> And I see this a lot. It's just, an, it's a very common thing. And look, I got goosebumps because I feel like it's so common. And, you know, even looking at, um, you know, the members of our inner circle, I see, again, this is a common thing I see. And then on the other hand, we still, you know, we want joy and fun with our other responsibilities and our yeah. family and our grandbabies. And, you know, so there is that messy middle part, maybe sometimes mm -hmm. about fitting that That's all true. in, but um, I love that the two of you work together because that maybe give you gives you a little more balance. So when one's, you know, when one needs to step yeah. away for grandbabies or whatever, there's there's that beautiful synergy. I think you know, and an ability with your partner to do that, and I and I love that. I think there's so, so many benefits to partnership and good partnerships. And I do, uh, to, Devin, to what you said the fear of losing your friend is very high on people's fear. Like, you know, what happens if we're, you know, enemies by the end of this? I have seen, I saw two sisters. Uh, I worked with two sisters that are barely speaking to each other now who ran a business. Yeah. So, you know, you have to, you know, you have to do a lot of the wonderful things you're doing. And I, I appreciate you sharing that with everybody. I want to honor your time. I, I think we could talk all day about this. My curiosity, I always end my podcasts with some rapid fire questions. So if you're game, I'm going to get you both to answer these questions. Give it a shot. All right. Okay. Favorite or current business book, or are you even reading any? You go right I am reading Unreasonable Hospitality by Will Gadera. He's actually a chef. And he owned 11 Madison something, something in New York is a very famous restaurant. But this is about how to take all the fantastic things that he did for unreasonable service to go above and beyond for his customers and how to incorporate them into whatever business you have. He actually does speaking engagements around the country on that topic. I'd love to go to one, but they're extremely expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how about, how about you, Susan? Do you have a... Well, um, I, I'm more of a podcast kind of girl, so yeah. um, I listen to you. Um, <laughs> I find it helpful. I mean, even if these are like little 20-minute segments, I take it a lot. And tend to glean. Michael Stelzner's is, mm -hmm. is very good. I just, uh, I have learned so much from him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and because he asks the right questions. He asks the questions I would ask. And I, I love that about him. So I'm kind of a podcast listener. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's all how we input information, right? But I also see both of you inputting and actioning. So it's not just about input. So thank you for sharing that. And hospitality, that's so interesting. And I know that you both know one of the big things that I've been focusing on this year and reminding retailers is that we don't have you know, customers, we, we should be treating them as a hospitality business. We're in the hospitality business, not the retail business really is what I really think people that get that like you do are going to shift their business this year. I think that we are in the hospitality industry. It's really what we do. So I love that. What's a surprise hidden talent? Either one of you. <laughs> we started, we were laughing about that because we were both um, 
former master gardeners. So <laughs> I did not know that. Since I'm former. <laughs> well, and, and it's really hidden right now. Right. That talent is really <laughs> hidden because we've, you know, we focus so much on the store. You know, we probably don't want you to see our yards. <laughs> One of those but, priorities uh, have kind of like shifted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that talent is actually hidden, but yeah, we, I don't know. I'd say that's the biggest one, probably. <laughs> probably, yeah. That's the biggest one. I, I love that. How do you gather courage when you need it? I pray. Yeah, I, I do. I, I pray and I seek help from my friends. Mm -hmm. And um, I and I often have to do that. So yeah. you can't be afraid to ask for help or to ask for advice from people that you trust. Uh, that's wisdom. <laughs> it that's it is. It's, it's daunting sometimes. It's definitely daunting, but um, you have to be willing to ask questions and hard questions. Mm -hmm. Or like, admit, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Can you help me? So Yeah. Well, I, and to that point, I don't think any of us know everything. I mean, no, nobody does. Absolutely. There's nobody that builds a business alone. So, you know, you have to lean into asking for help. And I think those that do that, you see, get out of those ruts a lot quicker and move on. Yeah. And, you know, we just don't have time for that anymore. We have grandbabies and right? <laughs> businesses to run. So we just need to lean in and get the help and leapfrog over all that, those obstacles. So I love that. Thanks for sharing that. As an entrepreneur, were you born with it or did you learn to become one? I learned to become one. Uh, I, and I'm still learning. I'm, you know, um, yeah. something I always wanted to do. But I was going to say, it sounds like when you were nursing those babies, you were thinking yeah. about well, it. Well, I, want, I wanted to do it, but I had no idea what to do. And I was always afraid that if I left my job, but what, what about healthcare? What about all these things? Mm -hmm. Until someone once said to me, what are you going to do when, if, if God ever says to you, um, you know, I gave you this opportunity, why didn't you take it? And well, because I needed health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did I miss this whole thing because I was so afraid I was yeah, going to yeah. lose my health insurance? And I was for a year or so without traditional health insurance, but it all worked out. I mean, I had some form and it, I figured it out. Mm -hmm. So for those that think they can't do something because of an obstacle, I mean, sometimes those obstacles are real, but sometimes you can figure it out mm -hmm. and still do it. So, yeah, but I just had to learn a lot. That's great, great <laughs> advice. I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. I'm still, <laughs> but, you know, it, but I love that. Thank you for sharing that about, you know, the obstacles, because we can argue our limitations every day, right. About why we can't do something. Right. That's, that to me is kind of the entrepreneurial, the opposite of that is the entrepreneurial spirit. So how can we work it? How can we make this happen? What can, what can that look like? Which is mm -hmm. what you did, right? What could that partnership mm -hmm. look like? What could this business look like? How could we make it work with health insurance. And, you know, I think having a, a joy-filled passion day or business is, you know, outweighs a lot of whatever else you were doing or whatever yeah. else we might be doing. Not that they're all bad things, but, um, you know, having, right. and it's not, we all know, everybody listening to this podcast knows that it's not this joy-filled <laughs> Shangri-La moment running retail businesses for sure, but there's a lot of joy in this community and, yeah. and, and watching you two work and laugh together is, is a joy to me. I, I hope it is for you. It seems to be for you. Yes, very much. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard a giggle fit. I just want to share this as we wrap up, but I heard a giggle fit one time when you were doing your comments so old and you were both, sorry, it was a while ago. It was before Christmas, I think. And you were both laughing and 
it was just such joy. And then you could see people in the comments, like, you know, it was just, I, it's just joy filled. And that's part of building community as well, too. So, so thank you, ladies. Anything else you'd like to share? What's next? What's going on? Anything exciting that you'd like to share with our audience about what's happening right now or coming up? We do have a great community thing that was kind of very instrumental in starting about seven years ago. Shop Small Hubbard. So yeah. we work yeah, we work closely with other um, merchants and stuff. That was that was tough going because in our in our area, people kept saying, "Well, if you're not from Hubbard, it's not going to work." But it, it has, and our community has embraced us, mm -hmm. and um, we we enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a funny, really quick story to tell you about that. I live in a near a community called Hubbard's. And at one point in time, this is really, this is a true story. It's so funny. I saw this post pop up from somebody here in Nova Scotia, where I live in Hubbard's, Nova Scotia. I don't live in Hubbard's, but anyhow, it, all close enough. And somebody popped up, look at this great event happening in Hubbard's. <laughs> Your oh, That's funny. It was one of your posts. And it, I was like, I was so confused. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I know you. I knew I, I knew what you were doing with this shop Hubbard's. And anyway, I thought it was so funny. And then somebody was like, well, where is this? I don't, that doesn't make sense. This isn't a store locally. And then I had to type in like, this is not Hubbard's Nova Scotia. <laughs> so anyway, so you're famous now. You're Hubbard's. Oh, you're internationally now. You're, you're, you're internationally known. Your event is now internationally owned or known. So I just thought it was so confusing and fun at the same time so I, I meant oh, to share you. that with you so <laughs> great thank you ladies so much for being here I think what you've shared is going to be so helpful to other retailers listening about partnerships and community building and so many things and I I'm so grateful to have you in our retailers inner circle community and I'm thank so you. excited that you said yes when I asked you to come on the podcast with me today so thank you for taking time out of your retreat your planning retreat as well so thank our you pleasure. ladies. thank you thanks for having us Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week, and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week.